Hello and welcome to another special Comics Pals interview. We are here, Marco and I are here, joined by a very, very talented creator, new to me, new, I presume, to Marco, but certainly not new to storytelling, uh, one of the most interesting creators in the space right now. We're joined by Michelle Fuss. Michelle, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. We're- we're I'm doing I'm doing awesome uh and we're excited to talk to you about Ava's Demon which just recently dropped in physical through Skybound uh which is super cool um and uh it's it's incredible I have to admit up front I did not know that this was a webtoon initially uh before I dove in so I wasn't prepared for the differences in format and things like that that I'm used to. Uh, but it made for a very interesting experience because I've never like fully consumed. Well, I guess I didn't fully consume it because there's much more story. Um, but at least in the book that in book one, I've never fully consumed a webcomic story before. So I had to get adjusted to the formatting of it. But what I came away with was a very, very interesting and absolutely beautiful story. Um, so I'm very excited to talk to you about it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad you thought so. Uh, did you uh, read it on the website or on on Webtoon? So we actually got a, a PDF through Skybound. Thank you very oh, much to Skybound. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's good. Um, cool. And so it was, because on the website, it's like panel by panel. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's I know that's uh mixed for a lot of people. Um, well, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no. Uh, I just I just tried to, you know, experiment with a completely, uh, and, different format. Yeah. And I think that that comes off, um, because I started reading it in the uh, off the PDF, and then I was like, wait a minute, I could probably read this panel by panel. Um, made the switch about halfway through. And it, the, the reading experience changes a bit more just because I think when you come to web uh, a, a web comic, the webtoon sort of format that either scrollable or clickable, um, the way that you pace out, I think becomes really important. And there's a much difference. Uh, there's a much different pace that you get by clicking through individually versus sort of the, the book, not to disparage either, either or, but okay. rather yeah. it's, uh, the reading experience therein uh, changes a bit. And I appreciated that such a subtle difference, like going from just six panels to the single made such a different experience. Um, so I really interested to hear your, your thought process on that. Oh yeah. Um, so I essentially wanted to make it so that as you were reading it, like on the website, it was uh, sort of, it sort of mimicked the experience of watching a movie, right? Um, sometimes it's successful what I managed to do sometimes it's not but that's what I was going for um so yeah I yeah I could see how it would be a a different experience compared to the book but um you know with how fast the internet changes like this the landscape of being online um I have to I I'm always open to putting it into as many formats as possible um uh, especially since I started making it during a time when people used websites more and uh, over the past uh, 11 years, it's kind of um, evolved into where 
most people only use apps like on their phones or on mm -hmm. their iPads. They don't really uh, access the internet as much anymore. So I've had to adapt. Yeah. That's fascinating because so for, for, for people, of course, who, who don't know, uh, Ava's Demon uh, began as strictly a webcomic uh, 11 years ago, I guess, now. Um, and it's interesting because webcomics, I mean, when I, when I, when I thought about webcomics 10 years ago, um, I mean, I really didn't think about them very much. I saw them occasionally, like, I guess, uh, in various different places. Like, I feel like I saw that on Tumblr and stuff like that. But it, mm -hmm. it, when I think about it now, it's so cool that it's, you know, it's sort of like underground comics with an X, you know, in a way. Um, people were, you know, just doing it, just getting it done on their own, you know, oh, snap, I can draw, you know, I think this style is super cool. I have a story to tell. I don't need, you know, Marvel or DC and, and you don't, you know, you don't need Image or even Skybound or any other publisher. You just have to have the ability to do it and internet access and you can get it up and people can see it. And I mean, this is a, this, this book is a juggernaut as far as I'm concerned, looking at the numbers, uh, I was amazed. And I think that that's such an interesting thing. And I would love to hear your thought about this. Um, it's such an interesting thing that it's all comics, right? But it's, it's all sort of segregated in certain pockets. And so when, you know, you team up with Skybound and you run super successful Kickstarters to be able to get these books in so many people's hands, you know, it crosses over something that was already so popular. Now, even Barnes and Noble has access to it. Oh, yeah, it definitely crossed over uh, because um, I would say uh, I would say when I started to realize that um, the Internet did start to become underground, you know, um, like you mentioned, um, that I had to get it on Webtoon because uh, I, you know, I'm, I can't go back to school to learn how to build an app. And at one point, uh, someone approached me to make an app, but it just seemed like so much work to have to manage an app, like on top of trying to get the comic done. And I didn't have the money to like pay a company to do this. And they expected me to make money for that app and it was just like so overwhelming that I, I couldn't do it it's um you know it's a completely different landscape having to do stuff for uh mobile for the app store for um being able to make money to run that app um uh and so I I you know I was just like well I might as well just go on a app that's already available like webtoons um and then when we ran the Kickstarters, it was like the audience from the internet and the audience from Webtoon were two completely different audiences. And they kind of came together uh, to buy the book. And it, ultimate, it ultimately made me respect print a lot for the fact that it is so universal, despite the fact that I lost some of what I was going for when I initially when I initially made the comic for the internet. Uh, that's interesting to hear that uh, there's a difference in audience coming from webcomic to webtoon. And I guess that kind of makes sense because like the the format of webtoon is more scrollable. And I feel like a lot more of that content, it leans a bit more into 
sort of the the manga space a bit and so um yeah curious as to how, how do you uh, how do you sort of feel or define those two audiences like how how do they how do you distinguish those two i guess um so i have theories i i'm not i'm kind of like an armchair observer of how things work Love it. because just just because i have to find new ways to make money and um so i think what happened was um when we grew up we saw how dangerous the internet was right um, even though it was very democratic, even though it had a lot of really cool spaces on it where you could do anything and you could be as creative as you want, it also opened up young people to terrible things. And I think as time went on and parents understood that the internet itself is a beast, they wanted to keep uh their kids safer and you do that by only allowing them to use mobile and iPads and parental lock as much as you can and mm -hmm. therefore their only access to things like comics is through apps that have comics so I feel like the younger audience um, on my side is on webtoon and the older audience is people who still know what the website is and still access it because a lot of the time when i was updating on webtoon um people were demanding more but they didn't realize they could go to the website and look at the entire comic right so um i think that's where the split happens what was the amount of time delay between the site and the the webtoon uh i think uh well i think on the site i had already uploaded everything and then I went to webtoon uh five years later after five or six or seven years later I can't really remember when I started on webtoon might be a lot later actually that I started uploading it but I I did uh I did 10 panels a week from what I've already made and put it on webtoon each week so it was already basically like 2,000 something panels on the website and then I started from the beginning on webtoon at a different point in time wow okay yeah and i did a little bit of uh uh my own math on it like barring some of the the two-page spreads that you have uh i was just like how does much does this translate to actual panels it came out of the book being about like 284 pages came out to about 1680 panels and i was just like that is mind-boggling so kudos because that's crazy Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, you can see the full archive on the website if you're mm -hmm. interested. Yeah. One of the cool things I, I went on the website to see, you know, just to see what I could see. And I found that there were so many more um, chapters, which I guess I should have, I should have assumed that. Um, but I, I, I just I didn't I didn't know. And it's it's fun because in con especially because, you know, on our on our show, we talk more about like, uh, traditional like direct market western comic books and so um a lot of this stuff is not known to me so when i went on the website i should have known but i didn't anticipate that there would be so much more and not only was there so much more but it was that different format where it was panel by panel and so the cool thing for for me and i would imagine for anybody who is into this um kind of book is the fact that it really is a different experience depending on how you you view it and and I I was like well let me see so I went on the website and I saw the panel by pa the panel by panel experience and I was like by reading this you know like 
one a day or a few a day every day, this would be really exciting and fun. And then there's like the little the little trailers The I guess there were chapter breaks that were super yeah. fun. So I love the fact that you really tailored the experience for a different kind of reader, I guess, who might, like you said, have a different experience with the internet or with web comics in general. So very, very brilliant. I love the experimentation. Thank you. I, and you know, I don't think I'm the only one who was, I was not, I was definitely not the only one who was um, creating experiences like that because um, I think, I think in my generation, uh, we grew up with like lots of really interesting websites. Like um, just, this is just an example. Like there was a website called hamsterdance.com where it was just like hamsters it was like gifts of hamsters to music, right? And that was the kind of shit we would discover. Sorry, excuse my language. No, you can curse. It's fine. That was the kind of stuff we discovered as kids that were that was like really fun and stupid and like an experience. Like you would just go there to see hamster gifts dance. And um, I think a lot of people grew up with that and they wanted to try and recreate the discovery of really cool and interesting niche things online that are fun to engage in. And it kind of got lost, I feel, with apps because the app does all the work for you. Um, and it's not, it's not made to inherently be a fun experience. It's made to make money for a business, mm. right? Like Efficient. nobody spends... Yeah, nobody spends money to make a uh, hamster gifts dance to the music. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of people did things like that, and it kind of got lost over time when uh, it became more about selling things. That is fascinating. That and and I I when you said that right about the hamster dance website, I'm like, well, I don't remember that specific one, but I certainly was you know, in that same age range, you know, 20 years ago on various different websites, like, you know, you're the man now dog.com, where it's just like, this really, really strange underground niche experience that it, you only really get if you're very online. And it wasn't about monetization, like you're saying, it was just about like, what the heck can we do? The internet is, is here, what can we do with it? Uh, and it was a lot of fun. And I, I can see the through line from those early internet days for very online people through like, you know, even like the Homestuck days, which I don't even know if that's still a thing, but I remember when that was a big obsession and, and all the different things that I saw that I see, I guess, like some DNA of in Ava's Demon. So that all tracks and makes a lot of sense to me. Yes, and I remember YTMND. I do. <laughs> it was, it was, um, yeah, and it's so, um, it's so, it's so, uh, it's like going back in time because you look at it now and you're just like, what is this? You know, a lot of people look at it and they just, they don't understand that in the moment it was just like creating fun, fun little memes in spaces of their own and um, enjoying your time online yeah dang I, I was perpetually online uh american online so that was my experience i'd go in check emails play chess and then hop off i have no idea what you guys are talking about so this oh. is amazing 
you you were you see that's like a totally different version of the internet <laughs> like I, <laughs> what what michelle said earlier about the like ava's demon my demon coming from the internet you know what i'm saying like the internet corrupted my brain as it did so many of so many of us that grew up in that era and were on all these websites but the thing that i'm i'm becoming nostalgic for throughout this conversation is the fact that it was so experimental and it was so exciting but i love the fact that you know web comics continue that tradition in a lot of ways that's really interesting Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, I hope one day that um, more power is given to creators, and um, I just, I just don't know how that's monetarily possible, mm. right? Because um, even going onto Webtoon, they said they offered going into Webtoon. They said they offered um, video support. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? Does that mean I can actually embed the videos I made into my comic pages? And it turned out it, it, there was none. Um, they were like, you can put a link to the video. Mm. And I was like, okay, so there really isn't that kind of support for creativity. Um, you upload your images and that's about it. And um, there's no like making the mood of the page different or um, playing music. I mean, there is music options, but it's not like, it's not as engaging as I feel it could be or should be. Yeah, you're stuck in just like sort of the cookie cutter, what they provide you. And like, if it doesn't fit the box, then you're just kind of out of luck on that. Yes. And if it doesn't, mostly it's about if, whether or not it supports uh, advertisements. Mm. Right? So if the advertisements do not fit well into what you're making, um, then it's not worth it to them to even post it. Financial incentives, the downfall of all of us. Yes, I think it'll change soon, though. I think I think when app making becomes more accessible, the way that web pages are more accessible to people who know how to make them, I think that's when it'll get interesting. But we'll see. Yeah, you're on mute, John. Oh, thank you. Webtoon provides, I guess, like a a space that people are already familiar with. So you can go to the website and it's like, oh, wow, there's, this is a hub for, um, you know, web comics, I guess. Um, but because it is a, you know, one-stop shop for, you know, web comics, it becomes homogenized in that way. And I think that's, you know, it sounds like you're saying that's against the spirit of, kind of like the radical experimentation that those sorts of comics are born out of. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very hard to think outside the box when um, your income depends on fitting inside of it. So um, I, I feel like new ideas are born born through more freedom for people to take risks and not suffer because of it. Absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about Ava's Demon. Uh, this this is a book that is about Ava and her demon. <laughs> For anyone who couldn't, you know, put that one together. Um, but there's so much there's so much more to it. Um, it's a journey in a lot of ways. And 
it's a journey that feels like it's about us about several different things um but it is very much at least this chapter this first this first chapter or rather first book my apologies uh is about um you know sort of putting together this found family in a lot of ways who have different ambitions and different pain and different struggles uh and different agendas and goals and we're introduced to a lot of concepts and ideas quickly but i felt like i felt like the first um the first few chapters were new thing new thing new thing new character new environment and as things kind of like slowed down we started to dig in more with who are these people you know why are they in pain why are they maybe awkward or you know all these different things and there's a lot of heart in that and i found myself getting really attached to these characters to the point where by the end of book one, I was like, fuck, I want want more. I'm like, I'm hungry for, for more of this, which is what's so cool about the fact that um, there is so much more available, but can you talk about the first book and, you know, the, the, the creation of these characters and this story um, and, and sort of, I guess, what were your ambitions to say with this, uh, with this first book? Um, I think when I, um, I think when I started it, I was, um, I was going through a lot. Um, so first and foremost, it was a way for me to cope with the fact that I was somewhere in my life that I didn't want to be. Um, and so it started, I, I guess you would say it started as a hobby. Um, but I was working, uh, I was working at a job um, that I wasn't sure. I when I got there, when I got to this job, it it was supposed to be like the happiest point in my life, and I was incredibly unhappy. Um, and that wasn't because of the job; it was because I wound up there, and I was kind of like waking up to the fact that it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, and it wasn't fulfilling as I had wanted it to be. And I I got back to my roots and I was like, actually, I really like comics. Um, and so I started making this comic um, just based on some ideas I'd held with me for a long time, um, characters I held with me for a long time. Um, yeah, I hope that answers the question. It does, it does. Um, go ahead, Marco. Yeah, um, I guess just on top of the those character pieces, is there uh, is there one that you feel like sometimes I feel writers might write a character and write themselves into one, or um, they might place parts of them into a variety of a cast. And seems we have uh, about three four characters here. It, it, do you feel like you identify most with one, or is there uh, a little bit of you in kind of each one that brings them to life? Um, I feel like, I don't know if this is with most artists, but I feel like with most artists that they make, they make characters that each individually are based off of themselves in some way. Um, So that's how I feel I've kind of done um, with my characters. I feel like I try to put genuine parts of me into each of them, or at least parts of my life um, or people I have known. Um, and their experiences. Um, and uh, I would say the main character is definitely a reflection of myself and how I feel about 
a lot of certain things. Um, yeah, uh, I, I won't go into too much detail unless you have any specific questions, I, I believe. Um, not of each individual character. There's actually a, a theme throughout the book um, that Gil sort of embodies, um, Gil being a, a follower um, of Titan in, in this book. Um, and uh, there's a lot of seemingly commentary on religion, and that also might be a bias of mine. Uh, it's a, a fascinating topic for me. And so uh, I, I was just curious if there was like intent behind some of those things where he is portrayed as somebody who is uh, very, uh, not fanatical, but very enamored with the with Titan, with their beliefs, with what they can do um, because of his own experience. And then you have somebody like uh, Maggie who's trying to take advantage of the situation. It was kind of uh, in the middle, doesn't really care just kind of wants an end goal um is there uh is there anything there that comes from you or just those experiences in your life um so uh i'm jewish um i was raised jewish um i'm kind of agnostic uh i'm kind of uh i kind of you know i religion isn't a big part of my life but um but um, I definitely ran into a lot of issues as a kid where, um, you know, I was told that um, just for existing, I deserved to uh, go to their version of, of hell. Like I've, I, w I grew up in that environment um, where pe my peers, some of my peers made me feel like, um, that my existence in itself was just uh, just went against the rules of life. And I noticed as I got older, um, of course, I realized, you know, that, you know, these kids are indoctrinated into whatever their parents force them into. But as I got older, I realized that um, people, people choose things to be their religion. You know, it could be anything. It could be their job, you know? And I noticed that um, people kind of put extreme faith into some things that, that don't actually care about them, that could let them down. And they could see that as um, a reflection of themselves. And it's, um, it's uh, I guess the message I wanted to send with Gil overall throughout the story is that, um, you can be okay even if your faith lets you down your faith in something lets you down that um you should have the most faith in yourself i feel um does that make sense yeah absolutely uh marco you were meter but i think i just said what you said <laughs> exactly and uh and that's interesting because i feel like now that also provides context for where gil's character might go right and and that's yes. interesting and enticing is it weird for you michelle the fact that you know you told these stories the, the, like this initial book one um you know some decade almost decade plus at this point ago and so so many people are rediscovering it and you might have to like tap into 
feelings that you felt at the time writing those characters that might not resonate with you anymore or you know even just now discussing a character who's likely gone through so many changes um you know for us we don't even know if he's necessarily alive or dead you know or 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 what changes he's gone through so is it weird for you to have to go back and talk about these characters and what i would imagine is their infancy compared to where they are now um n n not necessarily because um um i you know i don't know what it is i do know what it is but i don't know if i should talk about it um but maybe i maybe i will um yeah so um so like so my mom is like super mentally ill my mom is mentally ill um and one of the things she struggled with was seeing other people as individuals um and she had her mental illness made her very unempathetic and i think i think growing up i i thought about that as a lot i thought about that a lot um about because i was very confused so i was like why you know why is she this way and of course i didn't find out till much later what the deal was but um I think the very foundation of of all the things that I enjoy and uh, the art I like creating is just trying to find as much empathy as possible in other people and in characters. Um, and so uh, it's not hard for me to talk about things I decided 10 years ago because I still feel very strongly about them right now. Um, it's kind of a core of why I create things. Does that make sense? One hundred percent. And I and I love that answer. And I think that um, I think a lot of you know creators probably you know would say a similar thing if I had to guess as far as the fact that like you know so much of creation is putting yourself you know, or putting your experiences or putting, the, like you explained, the people that you've known in your life, kind of putting that down um, and, and wrestling with it in a creative way. And so, you know, it was a part of your life, these stories, these characters, what they were dealing with. And it still is in the sense that that's your, your lived experience. So that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, exactly. Yes. Is it is it fun for you at all to to see people kind of like meet these characters for the first time and like me like have all these questions and you know you're like yeah you know I've been down these roads before. <laughs> uh, I enjoy it. Um, I you know um, I think part of me made this comic also to figure out what was wrong with me, <laughs> um, because uh, I I had got been through a lot and. I didn't fully understand um, how what my feelings were. And so I would put out my comic and I would see how people would react to the characters and I would have to re self-reflect and think about, well, why is it th that way? Um, why do, are they reacting to these characters and how, how can I make it into a more positive, like desirable character that I feel is more more than what they assume it is um yeah well i i i've been having a blast uh with these characters and 
the fact that the the second book um was already just a just an unbelievable juggernaut of a success i mean i'm on the kickstarter page right now for ava's demon book two aftermath which is already uh fully funded uh and it's it it, it, six hundred and forty eight thousand dollars that is that is a staggering um amount of money and such an unbelievable amount of support is that i i guess maybe in some way this is a loaded question but does that validate the hard work of a person whose career essentially began, you know, doing a web comic as a hobby to kind of work through your own issues and just live your passion? Um, for a long time, I had imposter syndrome. So I, I would look at things like that. Um, and it didn't feel like they were real and I couldn't rationalize it to myself. But one at one point I had a breakthrough and it, it was kind of like I woke up um, and I saw that I had done that and I'm honestly just happy that I could, could connect with people in that way that they would even spend their money on my work. Mm. I, I'm blown away all the time, um, especially since I when, when running this last Kickstarter, I was actually... Um, at my lowest point I had ever been in my life. Um, I was at the peak of my depression running this Kickstarter. And I I didn't even, my self-esteem was so low that I didn't even think it would succeed. Um, so to see that time and again, um, I have such supportive readers um, always humbles me. And I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, that's that's absolutely incredible. Um, the fact that there are so many people who are willing to support, quite frankly, really quality um, and unique work, especially, especially in the what I, in my opinion, um, and I, I admit to not really knowing that much about like the manga space or webtoon or web comic books being translated into physical. But for me, this was a very very unique experience, and as it happens. Before I knew we were going to interview you, I saw Ava's Demon in um, in my local comic book uh, shop. Oh, Just yeah, yeah. It um, it and I was like, I looked at the cover, and I, I had like a huge stack of books. I looked at the cover, I was like, wow, that looks pretty interesting. But now that I've like actually read it and 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 you know gotten to enjoy it, it's like wow, now that I know that you have all of this support, it's easy to see why that is. First of all, um, for people who have not checked it out yet, which I encourage you to do, you should go to avasdemon.com and check out the book and you should go to your local comic book shop and pick it up because, uh, pick up book one because it really is uh, fantastic. But the art is unbelievable. And it has, like you, like you talked about, the DNA of, you know, um, that fun experimental side of the internet and it has all that, but it also looks, it, it looks very, how do I say this? Like, I, I think there's a vibrancy to the color. Yeah. You, you play a lot with, um, 
in, in particular like reds and blues there's just like a lot of contrast because uh, ava being uh and housing this demon inside of her and having this like continual orange red glow um so a lot of it just is striking and uh in particular because of those contrasts at least to my eye um so yeah curious on like that uh that art style where where the inspiration comes from uh thank you uh, first of all, I just want to th say thank you. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, and um, uh, so, um, I mean, there's a lot of places it could have come from. Um, a lot of people, I think, ask, you know, how how did you develop your style? And I don't think any artist like sits down and uh, develops a style. They just kind of keep making art, and it somehow all ends up looking a certain way. Um, I think it helps that I worked in animation. I think it helps that mm. I oil painted. Um, I think it helps that I was interested in anime and manga. You know, it comes from a, a bunch of different places and it all kind of culminated into this one body of work that I made. Did you have to switch from traditional to uh, digital? And what was that like during this process? Or had you already been toying with stuff like, uh, uh, like, a, like a Photoshop or like an InDesign kind of thing? Um, so at this point, I had graduated, I had graduated from art school. But before going into art school, I had actually never done anything digitally, really. Mm -hmm. um, I had only ever done traditional stuff. And so me doing this comic was also essentially a way for me to try and get better at digital art and painting. Um, and I think it worked out somehow. Um, just the act of being able to create and finish a panel every day or every other day um, kind of helped me learn over time how to develop things that I thought looked nice. Um, yeah. One of the things about that we talk about a lot when it comes to comics, and, and again, especially like we're really talking about um, direct market, you know, Western comics, um, is the fact that the, the appeal toward young people, you know, like whether we're talking about teenagers, whether we're talking about, you know, maybe tweens in that range, is it's dicey it's dicey when you go to the when you go to the comic book shop there's not a lot that's there that appeals to uh people of that age and and even when it comes down to the format you know if a if a 12 year old is used to reading uh webtoon for example then then they pick up amazing spider-man the same way that i am my brain goes what am i looking at when i look at a a webtoon or a manga i would imagine that they have a similar experience and so there aren't a lot of books on stands that are meeting young people where they live i think this is one of those books that does that and it's not just in the in the formatting which i think helps but it's actually in the character designs because these characters i i mean i i'm i'm seeing and I hate to make a comparison. I'm very sorry if this offends you. Oh, no, I was just, I just saw the trailer for the movie. Um, I believe it's called Elemental. And it's the new, I believe it's a new Pixar movie. And, you know, it's got like the, 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 the character that's on fire and it's got the water and it's, it's got all this cute, you know, stuff to it that kids are, I'm sure going to, parents are going to go out and take their kids to. And this, I looked at this and I go, Wow, I, if there was a movie or, or or something like that, 
that had this style. I want my kid to see this, you know, like this is, this is perfect for a, for a young person like that. So um, what do you think about the way that comics um, approach young people? And, and do you sort of think there's something to what I just said about them not meeting young people where they are? Um, again, I think, I think at the end of the day, it's because we're, we're living during a time when um, companies don't take risks and they don't, they definitely don't take the kind of risks that you see in like the manga market. Like if you read manga, those, that definitely hits the, the correct age range. And I think, I think there are very few comic producers and the ones that do make comics um, are so afraid of doing anything too risky that would cost them money that they don't end up doing much at all. Um, like uh, you see something like uh, Chainsaw Man, which is over the top, crazy, right? No one in America would think of, you know, pouring all their money into something like that. And yet it's one of the most popular franchises among young people right now. Um, mm. Yeah. And you have that sort of, I think, I think one of the, one of the things that I, I'll, my arguments, I guess, for, for that, uh, that we talk about quite a bit on the show is, you know, th there's also like that direct line from manga to anime to help extend the life of the IP of the product. And, Yes. Unfortunately, it, it does sort of come back to becoming that IP, um, and that uh, that just natural progression helps to boost sales, helps to bolster the awareness. And I think, uh, to your point, they've locked in and dialed in on the specific genre as well as demographic so much so that they have uh, words for it, shonen, senin, right? Specifically for young boys, young girls to be able to say, this is a book for you. And we've segmented the market as such. And I think Western comics have trouble segmenting the market and, and really uh, doubling down on saying, this is a book for X person and this is a book for X person. Yeah, I think they don't see, uh, they don't see the kind of money that can be made in niche markets. I think they only see that um, catering to the broadest audience possible uh, is the only thing they can do. Um, it's why you only see kids movies and you only see adult movies. You rarely, very rarely see uh, young adult um, mm. cartoons, uh, young adult movies. And when they do do that, they don't put any money into marketing it as such. They don't really go for it. They kind of go no, 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 we're only going to make kids movies and uh, we're going to see how many toys we can make and we're going to get as much money from the parents' wallets as possible. Or we're going to make something so controversial and so adult that nobody uh, over the age of 18 can ignore it, right? Um, but they don't, they don't go in for things in niche audiences um, if they don't think they can make a profit. Yeah, that is that is a a major pro. I mean, you can extend that as you so eloquently did to film, television, just all manner of entertainment at this point. But when you talk about the direct marketing, you talk about Western comics, that is definitely true where there's just no real risk taking. Did you come up at all on uh comic books? Did you read like, you know, 
Western direct market books at all? Was that something you were in, interested in? Uh, I, I tried. I tried. I read mostly manga because I related to it. You know, I, I was really into Sailor Moon. I was really into Naruto. I was really into Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I I just, it spoke to me because uh, it, it was by artists who still understood what they went through as, as young adults or as teenagers, and they wrote about it, and they were allowed to write about it. Um, they were allowed to write about being lonely teenagers. They were allowed to write about wanting superpowers. I think the only thing these days that really hits that audience is uh, Into the Spider-Verse, definitely. Oh, so good. That feels more like a comic to me than any of the Western comics that I have read, right? It feels... Uh, like it's speaking to you and it the art also speaks to you um i would say that's the only that and teenage mutant ninja turtles also mm. those are those are the two things that i think i cared the most about in western comics that's so funny i i i had to stop myself from asking you about um into the spider-verse and across the spider-verse that just came out because i i was like you probably you, you that seems like something that would be up your alley as far as like a lot of the the animation style and the experimentation that they were doing so yeah that that makes a lot of sense yeah that was that, that's a, a work of genius that i'm amazed was made and of course it it's it's so successful too it shows how just successful it is if they if they find the right way to create something for um the right audience yeah so speaking of the the right audience, you have clearly tapped in to something that, you know, people are interested in and want to follow with Ava's Demon, but you've done that in a way that feels that feels like you very much understand the way that like modern young people and even people that are our age um interact with the internet. I I noticed that you have a very successful um Twitch channel um that you know i mean there's there are tons of people there that are you know with you that comment uh whenever you stream which is really cool and so and and i believe you also have a discord server so you are where these people are and not only that you've created communities for them to talk about your book but also just whatever they're interested in these are spaces that people can come to and have communities which are not not that dissimilar, I guess, from, you know, the early internet. Um, and I love that. I think that's very, that's very cool uh, that you've curated that space. Oh, thank you. I just like doing it. Um, I just, uh, you know, um, I feel like, um, I feel like growing up in this situation uh, that I was with my parent, um, I feel like sometimes I wasn't allowed to become an adult. Um, and so when I did get that adult job, I felt like I didn't belong there. Um, and I kind of kept all of the things that do bring me comfort with me. Um, and I continue to find those things. I, I really like Twitch. I really like being on Discord. Uh, I wouldn't do things if I didn't like to do them. So I. I kind I guess I kind of naturally just, you know, fell into having a Twitch channel and um, having a Discord because I like being on those places. 
But I think that's in a lot of ways, you know, the future because someone like you who has, you know, built an audience in an organic way, you know, like you're saying, there's not like some grand, you know, strategy. It's just what you would be doing and the quality of your work, the content of your character is what's bringing, you know, rallying people around you who want to be a part of it. If you say you're going to do a Kickstarter as you did, you've done a few now that have been incredibly successful because of who you are and because of the work that you've put in, you actually have a ready-made audience that will come and support it on top of new people who find it. So if you were to say, be approached by Skybound in this case to do a new project, is that something that you would be interested in? Because in my mind, your audience would follow you. So is that something that you are interested in at all? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I would only make something that I genuinely like. So um, if, if Skybound came to me and asked for a new project and I was like, I don't have one, then I wouldn't do it. But I do have, you know, other things that I really like. Um, I write down ideas all the time. Um, if they came to me and asked me for something specific, it would depend, you know, um, like I'm not really, I'm not really into zombies per se, but I do like horror, right? So I would like to do that. Um, but, you know, it all depends on where Ava Seaman goes first. It is the, um, is there an expectation on your end or, or plans at all to uh, explore more outside of the webtoon webcomic space into something like a manga, more Western comics, just varying formats? Like how, uh, how do you feel about exploring that and is there interest in just toying with format oh yeah i'll do any format because um you know i tried the one thing that i did and uh you know it, it the environment around me changed over time so yeah i think um for now like let's say if when the book is over print is most dominantly the most popular form of comics still then i would change the format to make something uh spectacular specifically for print uh yeah it, it, the the medium doesn't really matter to me i just kind of like telling stories nice uh you unmute sean oh thank you i'm sure that whatever comes next will be spectacular as you say and you've made a th you made fans out of the both of us and hopefully people listening go out and check out Ava's Demon you can go to avasdemon.com and of course you can look Michelle Fuss up on social media uh tiny painty tiny uh, painty on Instagram yeah on yep. Insta um and then at Ava's Demon on Twitter uh, is there anything else you would like to let the people know about I've got a lot of cool things in store um and that i've got a lot of aliens to draw so <laughs> if you start reading don't worry i uh, i will be coming back with lots of that nice can't awesome wait. can't wait thank you so much michelle for being gracious with your time uh hopefully we will have you back on again thank you all so much for listening until next time take care guys